it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass, Billy Gunn, together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation, and if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you, suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Stadium Journey Podcast. When you're done listening to us here, remember, wear your mask and act responsibly when you're out in public. And uh, our thoughts go out to our fans and our listeners out in uh, Beirut, Lebanon right now. I don't know if you guys saw what happened over there today. I don't know if we have listeners in Beirut, but you know, we might. Stadium Journey's got reviews in 31 different countries, so it's possible. Uh, After you listen to the podcast tonight, don't forget to go to our website, stadiumjourney.com. Uh, we're on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Instagram. Just check out, check us out at Stadium Journey. And the Stadium Journey podcast is proud to be part of the VOC Nation Radio Network. I almost called them something else just now. Don't do that. The Rock. I was called the Rock Radio Network. The Rock Radio Network. W F or A F F. WVOC. WVOC is good. Yeah, I like that. To find our podcast, simply search VOC Nation on your podcast aggregator, or you can find our library of video podcasts on our YouTube channel, Stadium Journey. We simulcast all of our podcasts live, and some of you are there right now at twitch.tv slash danlaw83. And you can find every podcast we've ever recorded on the Stadium Journey website itself. Just look under the podcast link on the menu. And joining me tonight, as always, is Dave Cotney. You can follow him at ProFan9. Mark Viquez is on your social media channels at Ballpark Hunter. You can follow our producer, Dan Calachico, the above average comedian, at DanLaw83. I am Paul Baker. You can follow me at PuckmanRI. And hey, for the first time in months, guys, we're recording tonight without a guest. It's just us. It's intimate. It's special. I'm the guest, technically. I haven't been on the show since. That's a good thing. It is a good thing. Yeah, Mark, you were on a podcast a couple weeks ago, and and the, the guy commented said, "You guys got great chemistry on your show." So yeah, that's, that's nice to do. hear. <laughs> wow, it was nice. That was that was a nice podcast, by the way. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. I don't remember who it was, but I enjoyed it. Give, you can give him a shout if you remember. Yeah, it was uh, Mike Sappho. 
He's a Yankee fan and a Kentucky uh, Wildcat fan. Oh, never so. mind. <laughs> Yankee fan. The I best take of back every world. nice thing I ever said about him. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, he's he's a good guy. He's a New York guy, so. He sure sounded like a New York guy, man, when that oh, started. Like, yeah, oh. it was like, let me tell you something. When I drive by Yankee Stadium, hey, I'm like. Hey, Mark Viquez, why don't you I tell need, us about that? I need a kiddish. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he was good. I like the questions, too. Kind of rapid fire, not your normal questions. So, and now you've assured you'll never be invited back on ever again. No, I learned a little bit uh, about him. Actually, he has his his podcast is pretty. Uh, he's got some good guests too, like Howard Johnson of uh, the New York Mets. Thirty uh, thirty guy. Howard Johnson. I was Johnson. thinking of Howard Johnson, the hotel magnate. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking the the Mets slugging third baseman of the late eighties, early nineties. The so, Howard Johnson yeah. Hotel chain got to start in Quincy, Massachusetts. Which you would know if you ever read the uh, Boston Cannons review on Stadium Journey. But Did anyway, that. we digress. Our topic tonight is Halls of Fame. So we're going to talk about all our favorite Halls of Fame from uh, the big sports, maybe down to the little ones, big ones, little ones, middle ones, you name it. So do any of you guys ever remember way back when, I don't know how far back this is, Stadium Journey, uh, not Stadium Journey. I got Stadium Journey in your brain. Not a bad thing. Seeing we're doing what we're doing. Sports Illustrated did an article on Interstate 90. If you follow Interstate 90 from one end of the country to the other, you are never further than like two hours from any of the big hall of, halls of fame. Hmm. Think about it. You start in Boston, you drive across. Basketball Hall of Fame is in Springfield, right off of Route 90. That is right now. Uh, if you go through New York, the, uh, the Weightlifting Hall of Fame is in uh, upstate New York somewhere, right off Wonderful. I-90. But the Hockey Hall of Fame, how long does it take to get from Buffalo to Toronto, Dave? Mm, two. Hour and a half, two hours. Hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. So there you go. You go through. Uh, Football Hall of Fame is in Canton. Oh, and we forgot the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame, which is probably an hour south of I-90 in New, in New York. And uh, football is in Canton, which is maybe a half an hour south of I-90. So. It's pretty funny to think that they're all on this corridor. Hmm. But anyway, let's let's talk about uh, some of the ones we've been to. We can start, obviously, uh, with the big four. Those are probably the most traveled ones. I have been to three of the big four. I've been to baseball, football, and basketball. I don't know. How about you guys? Four. I've been to all four. Four. All right. So which, sure. let's, let's start with the obvious question. Which ones <laughs> were your favorites? Cooperstown, by far, blows them all away. And I think just because of its uh, small town setting, because when you get off the interstate, uh, I'm trying to think what interstate that is down there. 88. 88. You go north, and it's a two-lane highway. You go through small little towns. It's very hilly and curvy. Takes you about a good 20 minutes to get up there. Last so time I went there, not, my GPS took me on a dirt road. I kid you not. Yeah, no, I I can believe that. That it, it's just it, it. You you're like really the Hall of Fame's up here. Are you kidding me? If if you're a little bit naive, but once you get there, you get to this magical town where everything centers around baseball. You have baseball card shops, paraphernalia shops, baseball themed uh, stores, uh, old taverns that look like they've been there since the Revolutionary War. It's just such a picturesque place. I've been there three times, and I've enjoyed it every single time I've been there. And I really can't say that about the other Halls of Fame. Not that they're all of them are bad, but just Cooperstown is, to my personal opinion, 
the best. Well, how does it how does it compare to the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta that Lloyd Brown wants us to talk about? <laughs> we'll get there. I actually had another. Was it, oh, it's not Atlanta. I've heard this. The College Football Hall of Fame is gorgeous. I have been to another Southern Hall of Fame, but we were talking about the big ones first. Yeah, the big ones. So hold your horses. Lloyd. I just I, I just didn't want to get yelled at by Lloyd again. <laughs> He's having a good laugh. He's going to Lloyd at he you. To He's going to Lloyd at he you. He's going to yell at you anyway. Yeah, he offered to take me there when I was in Atlanta a couple of years ago, but I said no. Uh, looking back, maybe I should have taken him up on his offer. Next maybe. time, Lloyd, when I'm down there. The college yeah. football hall team's got a giant, when you come in, doesn't have like a giant wall of every college football helmet. I mean, that alone for me would be worth oh, the price. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, it, your... Mark, Mark, it's interesting because uh, I agree with everything you said. And... It's interesting because you weren't talking about the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Heritage Museum. You're talking about Cooperstown, which everybody does. Everybody says Cooperstown. It's Cooperstown. Yeah. Yeah, nobody right. says, nobody says, well, I'm going to Toronto. Maybe some people say Canton or Springfield or whatever. But really, Canton, yeah. uh, really Cooperstown as a town is baseball all encompassing. Um, if, if it was ever possible to finagle a ticket or, and, and have everything. So it wasn't absolutely crazy for induction weekend, it would be really a magical place. Um, I, you know, I've said, been doing plenty of reading lately uh, and you know, in the in the Pete Rose book that I talked about that I read, uh, talked about, you know, Pete Rose going to Cooperstown and making appearances on uh, induction weekend. Um, Brad Belukjian in his in the wax pack, he actually went to meet. Well, meet might be a little bit of a stretch, but he, he went to uh, intercept Carlton Fisk at, at a signing in, in Cooperstown. Um, and you're right. It's. It, it, but it's funny, everything that you talked about, I mean, you didn't even set foot inside the museum. Nothing about you the museum, yeah. One thing about inside the museum. Now, I, I, like I said, I agree with everything you said about the town of Cooperstown. It's, it's really kind of magical. Um, I'm sure there are people there that do something, some things other than having to do with baseball. I don't know what it is. I think they have a hospital. but <laughs> It's like that kind of place, right? Um, but the museum itself is is also it's really kind of neat, uh, and and it, it sort of reminds me back to when we when we talked about movies, and there's just like there's just something romantic about baseball, um, more so than hockey and basketball and, and whatnot. Uh, but the the museum itself uh, I enjoyed greatly, and I think I think the the enshrinement area where they have all the inducted people would be my second favorite spot. Um, my favorite spot would be the Hockey Hall of Fame for that, uh, just because of its location. But yeah, I, I would say that uh, I would say that Cooperstown is probably the top of the four. What's the setup at the Hockey Hall of Fame for the in inductees? So, like, uh, for those, for, uh, for, uh, sorry, Dave, one second. So for those of you who don't, haven't been to the Baseball Hall of Fame, all the inductees have plaques um, in this giant room. It looks like a cathedral. It looks like a church. You walk in and there's year by year up on the walls, 
Plaques mm-hmm. of every player. And so it's it's a gigantic room. They're actually starting to run out of room, so I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah what Tor- are they doing hockey? In, in Toronto, at the Hockey Hall of Fame, it starts with the building. So the building was an old bank. So uh, the vault is what they call the uh, the Great Hall, which is upstairs. And they have all of the inductees around on, some of them are, are on the walls. Some of them are on like, like temporary, almost uh, like temporary wall displays that are sort of in the middle because there's not enough wall. Um, but what I think is amazing about it is that aside from all of the things in there uh, of all the people you can also see the Vezina trophy the Norris trophy the Calder trophy um the Masterton trophy and of course they have the Stanley Cup there uh whether or not it's the real one or the replica one is I think it all depends on what time you get there but as you are waiting uh, to get your picture with the Stanley Cup, which is something that everybody does, you can look at all of those inductees. And of course, like in in all of the other ones, they have like the um, the virtual display now too. So if you're looking for someone specific, you just hit like the giant iPad, click, 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 and you can find where they are. Uh, in the old vault spot, they have like the original, original Stanley Cup. So uh, the the cup that is very small. Yeah. Um, and then of course, one of the things that's unique about the Stanley Cup is if you are on a winning team, you get your name uh, engraved on the cup. Well, of course, that doesn't last forever. So all of the rings that have been uh, taken out of circulation are also in that area. So it's it's probably the least interactive of the Hockey Hall of Fame. But it's it's really the kind of enshrinement part, and it puts it all together there. Uh, and the the Stanley Cup being that much bigger and more prestigious trophy than I don't even have the foggiest clue what the baseball trophy is called. Commissioner's Trophy. Commissioner's Trophy. Okay. Commissioners. And yeah. they manufacture <laughs> one called. of those every year, right? Like it's not the same yeah. one that yeah. gets used over New and over. One. So, like Vince Lombardi and. Just a, a sidebar. You mentioned the, um, the commissioners. And the Cups there. The, uh, can we all agree that the Baseball World Series trophy is the ugliest thing I've ever seen? And it looks like it will break. Like, <laughs> hey, look, you have a guest star. Aww. We do. We have a guest I, host today. I oh, don't wow, hate wow. it, but but I would agree that it's probably, if you compare the top four, yeah, well, the Stanley Cup is by far superior. I was going to say, we could, are, oh, do we agree that the Stanley Cup is probably the – best or do you guys I, have I a different and for the I, same I reason say, like you talk about uh like we were talking about you know you say the baseball hall of fame we don't talk about it like that we, we call it cooperstown um the playoffs in in hockey the it's really the only one where you, you say it's like it's the stanley cup playoffs it's not the vince lombardi game or the the larry o'brien series or anything yeah. like that uh, it, you're playing for the Stanley Cup. Yeah, Stanley I mean, Cup there's playoffs. There's a couple other trophies, but not that are similar, but not in not in the big yeah. four. Yeah, no, like Grey Cup is is kind of cool too. Yeah, the Grey Cup, the Memorial Cup, you know, even the like the Calder, Calder. Cup. Yeah, uh, Boston one time had all the trophies in one 
one place on a table. And the Stanley Cup just not only does it tower over all of them, it's cool. It's the only interactive trophy. I mean, you can take Stanley Cup and you can rate the strip club. You can drink out of it. You can't do that with, the, with any of the other trophies. So, yeah, it's just, to me, that's the that's conversation. When they had about. all the trophies in Boston on the table. Mm. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all went to Fenway Park to look at it. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, we have, a, we have a we have a lacrosse trophy now, me. Yeah, now they have the the hey, I heard the, I heard the Steinfeld trophy is sixty pounds. <laughs> why did they make it so heavy? That weighs a little more than I do. Which which one is sixty pounds? Is 30, the, Steinfeld the Seinfeld trophy, the MLL oh. trophy. The Stanley Cup itself is thirty five, and guys say it, it's surprised you by how hefty it is. You might be like going to grab the trophy for sixty pounds, right? Well, it, it could be because they've learned from things like uh, in, uh, I think it was 07 when the Spokane Chiefs won the Memorial Cup and uh, broke it into two pieces <laughs> on the ice. Didn't that happen to two soccer teams this year where they dropped trophies? and Like one was a crystal trophy. Ooh. I could see that. I know that well, happened with like an indoor, an indoor football team won the trophy and left the league. Oh, no, that was the ECHL cut. Yeah, somebody told us that story. The, the ECHL <laughs> cut was at a strip joint, and they broke it. <laughs> yeah, the Colorado Eagles, I think. Or yeah, it was I, the I Eagles. Was, and, they, and then yeah. they fought about who was going to get it back and who was going to get charged for it, so they just made yeah. another one. Yeah, screw you guys. Oh, okay, like that, so. commercial, that commercial where the, the three guys, they, they pull a, a – a cup out of the, the hotel room that had flowers in it, and they're just running around, yeah. champions, <laughs> champions. And then they get this big entourage, and it's falling. Yeah. <laughs> it's just three guys, <laughs> three guys in a cup. <laughs> All right, so so where were we? Uh, Hall's of Fame. Okay, so how? what do you guys think? I personally was really impressed when I went to the Football Hall of Fame, and they have all the bus of all the inductees. That's nice. I thought that was really cool. I mean, some of, the, some of them look really creepy. <laughs> but part of the fun was, hey, that looks just like him. That doesn't look a thing like him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just thought there was this feeling when I walked in that room that I didn't get from the other Halls of Fame. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I just think uh, the, the Football Hall of Fame as a whole is disappointing. Uh, I know Stephen Key and I, one of the writers on this website, we went there 2018, and that was first time he had – he had been there about 20 some years and he's like, man, I remember this being better. And we did like the hall of fame bust. We did like walking in there and you're right. You can hit, you know, he's a giants fan. So he's, you know, he's hitting his favorite giant players. Uh, of course, you know, uh, other than that, I mean, it, it was, it was a huge disappointment. I thought that it was very lackluster. There was a little bit, I mean, there was history, but they could have done a lot more. And then they had these really goofy videos with Joe Namath in it. Now, Oh, I was, gonna mention, I was just going to mention that, yeah. I mean, there was this weird Joe Namath video that, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's Joe Namath being Joe Namath. But they said, come on so in, this is going to psych you up. And we sat yeah. there for five minutes and said, what the <laughs> hell is this garbage? It, it seems so out of place. And I think they had somebody playing Vince Lombardi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the guy from the Wonder Years. Was it him, Dan Laura? I'm like, what, Years, the, yeah. what is this? This was stupid. And then there was – they had this football card exhibit that just seemed to be just filler. Just it was this giant space of like 1955 tops cards, and it looked cool. But after I don't know five minutes, it's like okay, uh, 
next. That you didn't get that at the at the other Hall of Fames. And I'm sure there's a lot more stuff they can put into these Hall of Fames. Uh, they just need the space, and that that's what they were planning for. They're they oh we're gonna have this, you know, we're gonna do this in a few years, that in a few years. I, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll go back there another twenty years, see how it is. There is a I know I we're, this doesn't count as the uh big sports, I know that, but there is a monster truck hall of fame. And the reason why the better. monster what? Which is probably better than the can one in Well, Canada. I was about to say it's called the International Monster Truck Hall of Fame. Uh it's in well, it's in Indiana, so you can go take a look at it. Really? Yes it is, sir. Okay. And it's easy to win the Hall of Fame when you have the actual combatants in the Hall of Fame, which is these big ass old monster trucks right. that they used to use sitting in this room on display. Most of them have been restored because a lot of them for the like late seventies, early eighties, uh, mid to late seventies oh. to the eighties, early nineties, older trucks. Nice. When it was a I just passed competition. Yeah. <laughs> and I, just, it's, I just passed it the other day. It's like north of Fort Wayne. Not yeah, yeah. So it, it's in Auburn, I guess. Yeah, Auburn. Yeah, and uh, nice. I'd love to get out there, but as far as, as far as I know, it's a terrible comparison because it's monster trucks and then actual sporting competitions. Um, but when you're talking about things to look at, the sport's literally sitting there in the building. <laughs> Just always go ahead, Paul. Yeah, the, uh, I went to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. Exactly. Which, I am in no way, shape, or form a NASCAR fan, but I loved this museum. And the same thing that you were just saying, Dan, you walk into the lobby, and it's this giant spiral staircase, but it's got a diameter probably of about 50 feet. And you go up, and as you go up the ramp, cars from the beginning of NASCAR all the way through. So, you know, you like Richard Petty's old number 43? There it is. You like Dale Earnhardt's black car? There it is. And you can just see all these cars. And then after you go through all the, the display of all the cars, then you go into the museum at the top of the ramp. Yeah. And you work your way back down the ramp. Yeah, there's other stuff on display there, but it's literally the main part of the Monster Truck Hall of Fame is this big-ass old garage warehouse thing with five or six trucks. And they'll switch them out every year. They'll switch out another one and change it around. But it's like, I mean, you, you there, there you go. Everything you want is actually there. Yeah, here is the car that won the race. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you can't beat that. Here's so, the first four-link truck. <laughs> All right. Well. All right, so uh, for the Basketball Hall of Fame, did you guys go before they moved or after I, they moved? I went before they moved, but I drove by it after they moved, and I should have stopped. I well, regret not stopping. Okay. How about I, you, I would, I would think after because I don't remember it before. The the building now looks like a giant golf giant ball. Giant basketball? Yeah. It looks like yeah. a golf ball to me. I don't know. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, in the more more modern version is okay. is when I, when I had one. Um, I've been to both, so I can compare. Has but, it, uh, I'm sorry, has it moved within the last 10 years, you mean? Yes, yes. Okay, because when I used to go up to Springfield, and I'm talking about like 20 years ago now, I used to go up to Springfield several times a year. And no, I never saw the Springfield AHL team at the time. I don't know why I made such a stupid decision, but whatever. That's that's for another that's for another discussion another time. But every time the train would start slowing down as you'd get into the Springfield Station, the Amtrak, you'd see the Basketball Hall of Fame go by, right, right. there. And then right that here. one time, did I say, you know, I should really go to that? And I feel like a fool because it was right yeah. there, and I never went. 
Well, they've all been there. The basketball one, I thought, was uh, it's more interactive than yeah. the other ones. I mean, they have an actual basketball court there. You can go and you can play a little hoops. Um, they have little things where you can try to, you know, you can do the agility test where you try to jump and see how high you can jump. And, you know, when I was younger, I could jump. Now, if you can slide a dollar bill under my feet when I jump, you've done <laughs> Um But, yet the, uh, we were just talking about the enshrinement uh, galleries. And I think basketballs was the least impressive to me because it's it's, it's on- – Sound like a balcony. Yeah, it's it's kind of a mashup. They have plaques with their faces on them, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a mix of football and basketball, but I don't think it works as well as either one of them. Yeah, and it and it's uh, like if you think of that sort of giant golf ball sort of um, structure, it it's kind of on the the inside of the outside of that, right? So you're looking, de- you can look down at you know, the court and some of the interactive stuff while you're on this sort of walkway on this like catwalk around uh, to be able to see the, uh, the, the people who are enshrined. I mean, it was, it was pretty lack, it was pretty lackluster. And um, I remember (laughs) when we went, (laughs) my wife and kids were like, can we go now? Like, but this is the whole point. (laughs) That's sad. This is why we're here. I, like, I, yeah. easily, I at least need to find Dominique Wilkins on here. What, what well, something's ever changed. What do you mean we got to go now? <laughs> go shoot some hoops. Daddy's going to look around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, all right. So, that, that's the uh, – uh, we kind of touched on the big four. Ha- have any of you guys been to any of the uh, smaller, less notable Hall of Fame? Well, you know, since we're, since we're on the basketball one, what I would say is – very similar, it's almost exactly the same as uh, as the the Naismith Hall of Fame in Springfield. Without the enshrined members, was in Kansas City the uh, college basketball experience, which might just be the only reason to go to the Sprint Center. Is it still called yeah. the Sprint Center. Yeah. That very nice arena that has no tenant. No tenant. <laughs> Like, was the last real tenant? Like, uh, they had an arena football team there a few years ago. Um, they really never sort had of thing, you know, very it. interactive. Now, that's like, not the know, Kemper Arena, right? That's something that's new, right? No, that, the no, Kemper Arena is a different. Not in Kemper. It's, Kemper Arena has been redesigned for youth sports now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This is I, I go by that one. Yeah, so that one, it, like, they're, they're very similar. It, like, the college basketball experience, I mean, there are some displays very specifically about college basketball, but it's much more just, you know, basketball interactive activities. Said the last tenant, full-time tenant at the, it's now the T-Bowl Arena, the Sprint Center oh. was the uh, Kansas City Command. Yeah. A, a, a arena football. like an indoor football team. <laughs> yeah, so, but they say they have the Big uh, Big 12 men's basketball tournament there, but full-time mm-hmm. tenant, it was the uh, AFL. Yeah. I think they have some they have some college basketball there. Like they'll, I'm sure they'll bring in Kansas and Kansas State for a, a tournament. Or, now they do the rodeo there too, according to this. Oh, got I love the rodeo. You're, but yeah, very you're really very similar. You're born in the wrong part of Canada. You should be from Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to the Calgary Stampede. Hey, hey we got a review of the Calgary Stampede on Stadium Journey. I, oh, nice. I, I was there I, 25 years ago. I did go to the rodeo in Colorado, in Colorado Springs. It was, uh, man, did we stick out like sore thumbs there? <laughs> Why is that? 
Because uh, we did, didn't have cowboy boots or cowboy hats or like we just totally looked like city slickers. And uh, it was one of these, it was one of these kind of small time rodeos where if you want to participate, you, you come and you fill out the waiver and you bring your horse and you participate, you know, <laughs> and we, yeah, we, like, bring your own some guy comes up to me on a, on a horse. He's like, so is this your first time here? <laughs> like, was it that obvious? <laughs> Well, I hope you're having a great time. I, actually, we did. We had a blast. It was uh, it was a whole lot of fun. <laughs> I, the rodeos are. I've I've been to like small South Jersey rodeos, but I've never been to the major one. But there were always just people having fun with the you know cattle. Might have been a little bit. It's the early '90s, kind of a little bit of abuse going on. But <laughs> yeah, I saw the rodeo monkeys one time. <laughs> Seriously, you never heard of the Rodeo Monkeys, Mark? You've had to have bumped into no. the Rodeo Monkeys before in your travels. Is this Rodeo guy, Monkey. It's a promotion. Oh, yeah. Minor league baseball parks. This guy's got a couple of, what are they called? Yeah. Border Collies? They're dogs, right? And a bunch of little capuchin monkeys, and they do, yep. they, the monkeys ride the dogs and do tricks. I, oh, I know yeah, that I've guy. Never, I've never seen them in person, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I, I saw whiplash, him in Hagerstown, Maryland. Right? Yeah, Whiplash. That's his name. Yeah. Whiplash. Yeah. yeah. And and after it's the cool. game, I think he was probably getting some heat from animal rights activists or something. So he took the exactly. microphone at the end of the thing and he broke down and cried, giving a speech to the crowd about how much he loves mm -hmm. his animals and mm -hmm. how well he treats them. It was, I mean, you know, I had fun watching them. But at at the rodeo that I was at, um, one of the one of the guys who rides, uh, who does bull riding, his wife came on and started talking about how. Um, we're just looking at at the animals incorrectly and they are really like they're really treated like athletes she actually talked about how they're treated like professional athletes you know they are cared for medically and they're given a strict diet and this and that and the other thing it was it was a different perspective for sure but how do we get on rodeo yeah we got uh, you know way way off we, okay, we always so get way off you're you're talking about um we were talking about the college basketball experience in, in Kansas City. Uh, actually, the reason why I'm wearing Kansas City Royals hat is for this vastly underrated Hall of Fame, which is in Kansas City, which is the Negro uh, Leagues Hall. Yes, I've been there. I, I agree, agree with you. And very, yeah. very nice, very nice museum. Yeah, and it's, it's on the same museum. Ticket. Yeah, it's on the same ticket as the Mer American Jazz Museum right beside it. So that, oh. was, that was good. Good. No time kidding. Yeah, it's nice. One admission, you get to go to both. They're both oh, fantastic. Yeah. If you Man, visit Kansas City, definitely put that on your. Itinerary. I want to spend hours. And, in the and even the street that it's on looks like it's from the forties. Nineteenth and Vine. Yeah, they've got all the old uh, fronts. They're like the old concert halls. This was the Jazz District. Yeah. Famous, famous for the Kansas City Jazz. I need to go. Jazz movement, and yeah, it's all. It looks like it must have back back in the forties. Fantastic. It's it's stuff. not often that I remember things like this, but when we went. It was probably the hottest day I've ever experienced in life. And it wasn't, it wasn't muggy. It was like, it was just like desert hot. <laughs> it was probably like, I don't know, 45 degrees Celsius or something like, like it was, it was they speak American. ridiculously. I can't speak American. <laughs> What's 45 it was damn Celsius? hot. 25 Celsius is about 80, right? 25. Yeah. That's about what we got now. Something like that, yeah. Did you I say 45 degrees uh, Celsius? Something like that. It was 113 degrees Fahrenheit. 
That sounds hot. The conversion is nine wow. fifths plus That's thirty-two. Ridiculously that. hot. That's yeah, nine fifths plus thirty-two. That's or I'm to, not going outside degrees. Yeah. Or, yeah. or to go the other way, it's five ninths yeah. minus thirty-two. Oh but uh, you know, great great experience in there. Um, I I think it's I mean for me personally, it, it was a, a place to go where I knew I knew very very little, and uh, everything I'm taking in is just it's just all new to me. Uh, a little bit difficult in that you don't have that, you know, I know this and I want to see this. Like I'm searching for Dominique Wilkins or, or Joe Sackick or, or whatever. Um, but, but yeah, very, very enlightening. Uh, you, you know, it kind of reminded me a little bit uh, of Paul. We were there when we were at um, Hank Aaron's house, you know, yeah. just that sort of a sense of what it was really like. Yeah, uh, the the thing I remember the most about the uh, the the Negro Hall of Fame was after you go through you go in and you go look through all the old artifacts and the exhibits, and then it, once you're done, it kind of loops around, and then you come in and you're inside this baseball field. Yes, yeah, with field. with nine statues yeah. of legendary players that you can just walk right up to them and like say, "Hey, what's up?" It, yeah, it was really a nice way to end the experience. And I remember yeah, just, going, going and thinking, uh, explaining to my son, because Buck O'Neill was, he was that guy that it just took forever for him to actually get in the Hall of Fame for some reason. And he had just been enshrined it, and I believe he had to be enshrined posthumously. Um, like he didn't quite live quite long enough. He was like 98 or something when he died, and it just wasn't quite long enough. But, uh, but he had quite a significant presence in the, in the Negro League. Uh, museum. Yeah, I know. Uh, what I liked about it as well is, um, you know, they show you everything about the Negro League of that time. They they tell you when baseball integrated, and we always know that the Red Sox were the last to integrate. But you know, New York Yankees didn't integrate until 1955. Uh, they they tell you some of the stories about what it was like to be a Negro uh, League player back then. Uh, contracts, business cards, the hotels they stayed at, the uniforms, which a lot of those uniforms were a little bit ahead of their time uh, compared to Major League Baseball. And then Neil, uh, oh, I want to Neil Getty of Rush. Am I saying that right? Getty he Lee. donated Getty Lee. My goodness, Getty Lee of Rush. Neil Getty. Oh, Neil Pert and Getty Lee. I think you combined it. I'm getting them mixed up. Yeah, Getty <laughs> Lee donated his baseball baseball collection of signed balls to the the Negro League, if I recall right. Oh, wow. Which just seemed like, just seemed out of place that, you know, here's this, you know, rock and roll star from Canada. But yeah, it's uh, fascinating. It's not big. It's not gigantic like, you know, those big fours, but definitely time worth spending in in a beautiful city such as Kansas City. And and not Um, expensive either. It's very affordable. And like Dave said, you get two for one. Ten bucks, 12 bucks, yeah. Yeah. Now, when you say the uh, the Negro Baseball League, it, does it look at all the different leagues that came out? Yes. There was it more than at, just one. There were several yeah, other leagues that ran that died, and then another one would yeah. pick up. Well, you had the Negro National, the Negro American, and then even after baseball was integrated, uh, you know, you still had uh, you know you had the Indianapolis Clowns were still traveling. They became sort of a barnstorming, and that's something they talk about. You know, once Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier the Negro Leagues, you know, died out slowly. I think up until the early 60s, uh, you still had teams playing. But by that time, 
they were just barnstorming around, uh, making money on the road. They weren't playing in the league. And I really wish they would have kept better records. That's the travesty. Uh, but sometimes, you know, it's, I've talked to some old uh, former players. They would tell you, we would play a game in the afternoon and we would play a game at night. Sometimes we'd play three games. We would play in a park. We would play at a real stadium or, you know, we were just we were just happy to play and make some money as well. Yeah. yeah. And the way uh, they would – leagues and teams would poach players off of yeah. each other. I remember reading yeah. Satchel Page's autobiography – not autobiography. I don't think he wrote it. His biography. And they would talk about how you would play in the afternoon for one team, talk, yes. get a call, or somebody would be waiting at the end at the entrance to the park. You'd get in their car and you'd drive off and you'd play for another team and another <laughs> team that night. Just yeah, like and probably goes along with the lack of record keeping. There's just that mm-hmm. the contracts weren't really kept up with. How are they going to keep up with the with something like statistics? And, and they drew. I mean, you know, I'm thinking to myself, they used to play in major league ballparks and they drew record crowds. And it's just amazing to think that you're an owner of a baseball team, your team stinks, you're in last place, and you're watching all these great African-American players. Why would you not want to put a couple of them on your team? But, but again, like, it was a, diff- it was a the, different era. So the Philadelphia guess- Stars would play, you know, they had their own home field. And I forgot the name of the stadium, so forgive me. But then the Stars would move and play in Shy Park on some nights. And the place would be filled. Yep. So I'm told. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's yeah. one of the interesting things about the Dodgers is is even after, you know, they integrated and, and they had Jackie Robinson and they had some success uh, and everybody has this romantic, oh my gosh, the Brooklyn Dodgers, like how could they leave? Like they didn't draw that well, right? Like relatively speaking, you know, the Yankees were, were drawing, you know, 40, 50,000 and, and the Dodgers were were drawing 20,000 at that time. Yeah, and that stadium, you know, you got to think about it. Uh, yeah, everybody romanticizes about Ebbets Field, but uh, there's this great book that I have somewhere here. It tells you how the bathrooms at Ebbets Field were just in such squalid conditions that they had to redo the women's bathroom because no woman would go to a game and use that bathroom. So uh, a ballpark built in about 1912, what it looked like in the night late 50s i can just imagine how how it reeked a foul odor oh, like so, yeah, Field people, to this day yeah that's what they say <laughs> yeah you, we romanticize it but you weren't there in the 1950s using the bathroom or walking down a concourse it was hey, in you bad guys shape probably aren't old enough to ever have to use a trough in a men's room are you <laughs> have you been to buffalo hello uh, i have been to buffalo they, they didn't have I've a trough had, in buffalo they they had troughs when i was there in 99 at uh, Ralph okay. Wilson Stadium. Oh, no. I, you know what? No. When I was, they used to have tro- when I was a kid, they had trucks at Fenway. And, yeah, when I was yeah. in Argentina, I, you Oof. would stand when you had to defecate in a rest in a, in a bathroom. <laughs> you would stand and do your business. Nope. I was about 12 years old. Oh. I, I'd rather take a trough. At least you get to sit down. No. You don't sit in the trough. No. <laughs> I mean, you can. It's an unpleasant experience. Oh, no. Are you being like a trough for number you... one? <laughs> oh, for no. Okay. Oh, yeah. That they. Yeah, Butler. The Butler Fieldhouse. Uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse had that. I, they, I think they may have replaced it. Where was I? Not. Oh not yeah. Oh, uh, in the App- Burlington in the Appalachian League. I went to oh, use that's... the bathroom. They had a trough there. I had to take a yeah. picture to show my wife. 
This is where I had to go to the bathroom <laughs> yeah. when I was a kid. One of these oh, only grown men standing around you. <laughs> oh, yeah. They put the ice in there. They don't even put like Who's they just a put a freak bunch taking of ice. pictures in the bathroom. I was the only one in hey, there, Dave. <laughs> I've done that. I've I've gone to a ballpark where the restrooms look very uh retro or art deco. Yeah, I'll take some pictures. But nobody's in there. I don't want anybody right, right. thinking I'm doing something nefarious. Uh, we're way oh, off track are again. nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> Trust. Things we talked about in this podcast that were not on Defecation, the Defecation. <laughs> I thank God I didn't live through the spectrum trough days. Bloody stools. I uh, used a, a janitor sink in the spectrum one time. I, I told you that story. I did. Yeah, I remember. And pr- <laughs> trust me, they probably never knew the difference. There was a line when I was when I left the janitor's closet. There was a line to get in there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not <laughs> like I said. You're not the only one, and you weren't the only one that night or that year. That was an oh, REM Philly concert, fans. if I remember correctly. Yeah, they're Philly fans, so they know. All right. Anyway, all right. Back to hold Hall on a second. <laughs> hold on a second. You just called the lead singer of Rush, Neil Lee. Be quiet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Freudian slip. At was least I Neil? know who no, the hell Getty. Getty Lee is. Getty. Getty Lee. I know. I I was looking for a correction. Neil Getty. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't. Is, I never got in, I know rush. in rush. Neil Listen, Getty. I had man, a buddy. I had I had a buddy named Brian Ferrara. He tried to get me into Rush back in junior year of high school. I was wanted to be in. The, I was a big fan of Chili Peppers. Oh yeah, we had Larry Ferrari. Okay. Halls of Fame. Hall of Fame. Is that what we're talking about? Hall of Fame. All right, let's segue to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That is totally worth talking about. Hey, it was on my list. I've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Cleveland Rocks. They got Peter Gabriel's jacket there from the Land Life Down on Broadway tour. I don't like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Really? It was cool. I don't like Cleveland, so we enjoyed it. Cleveland. Have you been to the Country Music Hall of Fame? Where is that? In Memphis, Nashville, Nashville, Nashville of course. That's the Nashville, Nashville. Uh, we, you know what? We went to the we went to the um, Country Music Hall of Fame, not being country music people at all, and we really only went to it for one reason because Shania Twain. No, because the Roy studio Clark? tour was part of it, Roger and the Miller. studio tour was amazing. Um, you actually hop on a bus and and they go and take you to this you know, old school Nashville uh, recording studio. And funny enough. Ladies and gentlemen, Conway the, the, <laughs> No, it wasn't really about country music at all. It was Elvis's favorite studio. So they had this like giant golden piano that Elvis used to use all the time and, and he wanted to take it, but they wouldn't let him. And our tour guide was amazing. She used to work for Dolly Parton. So she had about a million and seven stories. But uh, yeah, the Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville is worth it especially if you do the studio tour. Um, they had uh, the dress, the Reba McIntyre dress there. What, what is the dress? The, the red dress that she wore to some award ceremony when everybody went, whoa. It's kind of like the Jennifer Lopez dress of country music, I think. Meh. Wow, that's, that's, that's a step down. I did see Reba in concert in Houston at the rodeo at the Astrodome, and uh, she put on one hell of a show. So I, I love me some Reba, but... I'll have to check out this dress. My wife enjoys her show. <laughs> yeah, no, her show was, was good family, clean, fun. But uh, I have a Hall of Fame that you guys probably haven't gone to. It's the Indiana High School Hall of Fame. And that's over in Newcastle, Indiana, right off of I-70. Maybe about 15 miles, eh, about 10, about 15 minutes north of uh, I-70. You sure uh, it's, a high school, it's a high school Hall of Fame. 
but it is amazing. It's five bucks to get in, maybe six now. Uh, history galore, jerseys, old basketball hoops, old scoreboards, videos. It is very well done. It is very impressive. And I would recommend that over the stupid football hall of fame in Canton. That's how much I like it. And it's right next to one of the largest high school gyms in the world, if not the biggest, depending on who you talk to now. Uh, but you know, for five, six bucks, you get a nice little history of high school basketball. Uh, and you may not even be a basketball fan, but it's really well presented. I, I think that's what I like about Hall of Fames. If there is something in there that you may not be the biggest fan, like, you know, like the Country Hall of Fame, I, I'm not a country fan, but if it's presented well and is a good value, yes, that's that's the key to making people want to come back and doing podcasts to mention your name. That's exactly what I said about the NASCAR Hall of Fame earlier. I would go yeah. back there, and I could. You couldn't pay me to sit through a NASCAR race, but the yeah, Hall of Fame well, just really like the, the Indy Five Hundred Hall of Famer Museum is. Oh yeah, I've been to that. That was a really interesting it, one. It's it's nice because you got all the old cars, but it's right. it's nothing spectacular, you know. It's a, I like the cars. You, yeah, yeah. I mean the cars, yeah, definitely. And then you know you get you can take a tour around the track, and you know there's other things inside the track. So that's sort of combines everything so that maybe that fits in the cooper's tent a little bit you go for the whole you, you go for the whole uh, element the ambiance and, uh, and it's a nice little part of town too they fixed it up and penske announced today that the indy 500 will be with no fans no fans so does that maybe mean you're gonna go. be able to watch on tv yes they made that announcement a few weeks ago it's the only the second time since 1957 uh, they allowed fans to watch it during the 100th anniversary race because it was officially sold out. So, but see, that's a tradition here. People put it on the radio. They have their barbecues and their cookouts, and all you hear on the radio is wow, wow, wow. How do you listen playing. to that on the radio? <laughs> and he's going left. Yeah. Where I, you know, I felt like when I watch it on TV, I was like, oh, this is actually. This gets me a little more interested in the 500. But that whole that all started back in the 1950s where, you know, baseball teams were worried about attendance. Yep. And, you know, the Indy 500, for some reason, still thinks it's the 1950s. And Eisenhower is our president and Nixon's the vice president. So, I mean, I'm glad it's going to be on TV. Well, people may not know about the speedways. It's not an oval like the NASCAR ones. It's, it's like kind no. of like a road it's course. It's, got it's like an amoeba, yeah. Yeah, it turns both ways. There's a golf course inside of it. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you can fit YouTube. like the Vatican City in there and Yankee yeah. Stadium and like 50 other stadiums. It's pretty big. It oh. is huge. But now, it's not going to be the same this year without that the atmosphere prior to the game. Yeah, I, I would say that uh, arguably the race. uh, races are easier to watch on TV without a crowd because you can't hear them anyway. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been saying this. I've been watching hockey for the last week and a half, and uh, it makes no difference to me. I'm sh I don't know, and I won't pretend to know as an athlete playing the game if it feels different. But watching it on TV, especially when Millberry's on and I can hit mute, <laughs> it sounds. It looks. It's the same damn thing. Yeah. Well, they're using the EA Sports kind of sounds, are they not? I know they are. From what I heard, yeah, it sounds like they're using the the simulated sound, and when the team scores, uh, I've learned, I've found out though, when I do unmute it, that home team visiting team doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, not really. When 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 anybody scores, they play the horn and the music, so it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. There is no 
They only used the home visiting team for what jersey who was going to wear it that night. But we, uh, like we were talking before, um, you know, Jake Muzzin got a bad hit and they had to bring up the stretcher and it was, it was creepy silent. Uh, you know, obviously there's, it, it would be quiet in a, in any case, but, uh, but yeah, with nobody in the building, it was, it was really weird, weird silent. Uh, I just want to shout out Momo Chan Jones, Momo's on who said that she's been to the Baseball Hall of Fame and it was a lot of fun and that she would also love to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which uh, I need to go to. And, and my Rock and Roll Hall of Fame visit would say Beatles, Pink Floyd, Genesis, and I'll see you later. I, it, it, I kind of downplayed it before, but it was interesting and it's got to be. I've been there twice. Do they still have that big, huge Pink Floyd display when you walk yeah, in with the wall yeah. thing? Yes, they do. Uh, well, okay. Last time I was there, which was four or five years ago. So we were, we were just talking about a couple of uh, halls of fame that are in appropriate spots. Another one that's in a very appropriate spot is the Swimming and Diving Hall of Fame, which is located in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I discovered that one one time. I was walking down the beach. I was 17. We took a family vacation down to Fort Lauderdale. And, of course, I'm 17 with my family, so I was doing everything I could to get away from my family. <laughs> so walking down the beach by myself and hey it's just it's the swimming and diving hall of fame so i paid whatever this is 1983 paid my five bucks or whatever went in and don't remember a whole lot about it except they were they had full-size olympic pools and diving boards there so you got to go up on the high dive the 10 meter platform and look down and i don't know how people do that man that's the only thing i can really remember about that that and the johnny weissmuller exhibit and the and the uh, mark spitz exhibit were all i can really remember about it well, if you want to go, I think, to the opposite course, opposite coast, uh, and go north, you can go to the World Golf Hall of Fame, which is in St. Augustine, Florida. Oh, joy. I never went in it, but it's there. Okay, so talking about a Hall of Fame, that would probably be in an unexpected spot. Are any of you familiar with where the Tennis Hall of Fame is? The International Tennis Hall of Fame. Nada. Uh, if James, James Hilton is listening, Newport, would... Newport, Rhode Island. Yes, Newport, Rhode Island. The casino in Newport, which is actually not wow. a Wow. It's on Bellevue Ave. Yes. The cool thing about the Tennis Hall of Fame is you, uh, you buy your ticket, you walk in, right in front of you is a full-size tennis court that you can rent and play on. And then uh, if you take a right, you go into the museum. If you continue going straight, you end up in the casino, which is where the... Uh, the Hall of Fame tournament is held every summer. So there are probably a half dozen courts back there where uh, during July, there's action going on in all of them. I've been to that tournament. It's really a lot of fun. So if you, get, if you ever go to the Hall of Fame tournament, you get access to the Hall of Fame. You get access to the courts. Uh, players are playing inches, literally inches away from you. I remember standing on the baseline of one of the courts, and I played tennis in high school. So, you know, I thought I had I was stuff, you know. And I'm like, I could probably start hitting these balls. Then the guy started getting serious. Yeah, no. And they're, now they're hitting them 90, 100 miles an hour, and they're picking the ball inches off of my nose. I'm like, all right, I take back everything I just said. <laughs> but it's, it's a nice experience. Um, not a very interactive. The museum itself is kind of small, but having the courts there makes it really cool. So that is, yeah, that's in Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, and, and 
sort of different one uh, in a in a really kind of different location. The Canadian Football Hall of Fame is in Tim Hortons Field, which is the home of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Now, it used to they used to have a well, it's, it, it's bounced around a bit. At one point, it was at Exhibition Place in Toronto. And then uh, and CFL fans would sit, would tell you that that's the worst possible location for it because, you know, Toronto is not the strongest market for Canadian <laughs> football. Um, and then it was in downtown Hamilton. They had their own building. And that's where I went to. In the last sort of three years, it moved. And they have it actually in the club section on the club level uh, at Tim Hortons field. So um, you can, there, there are some off hours where you can just go and, and look at it. There's, there's actually no charge to go there. Uh, really? So all, all the busts are, are outside of the club. So you can go and see your Warren moon and, you know, Pinball and, and uh, Jeff Garcia and those guys. Dieter Brock. Dieter Brock, definitely. Love Dieter um, Brock. And then if you go inside the club, which they'll they'll let you do because it's just kind of a step in. Uh, they actually have the Great Cup in there, and usually some some artifacts. It's a little bit more of a, a rotating uh, kind of uh, a rotating kind of deal. But that it's. It's not in a location that I ever would have guessed. Now, it makes a lot of sense. They don't have to pay rent. Uh, they don't have to, to do a whole lot of upkeep to, you know, to maintain a building and all that kind of stuff, too. So, worth checking out, though. Okay. I was going to save this question for the end, but it seems like an appropriate time to squeeze it in. We're not going to talk about all the individual team Hall of Fames because we don't want to go that long, and there's too many. Are there any team Hall of Fames that you've been to that have really impressed you? Green Bay Packers. Definitely by far. Uh, Green Bay and, and the Cincinnati Reds, those are the two that stand out. Reds uh, separate nice, building, yeah. separate admission. Uh, both have great history, and they're just very well done. Uh, once again, not a Packer fan, not a Reds fan, but my goodness, that definitely piqued my interest and was extremely impressed with what I saw there. I, I was going to say the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame. Um, the St. Louis, St. Louis Cardinals isn't too bad, uh, but the Reds is one. And I, I suppose I've been there about three times. Uh, my son being a big Reds fan, that helps. Um, and they have, they have one of the best assortments of sort of bronze statues. No matter what you think of, of Pete Rose, um, his bronze statue outside of Great American Ballpark is brilliant. Uh, him sliding headfirst with the hair and everything. It's uh, yeah, and they have um, they have a baseball uh, for each. They have a wall of baseballs, one for each hit in his career. So they have a wall of like four thousand one hundred and something something baseballs. Pretty impressive. Uh, but they do treat it like a Hall of Fame too. They they do have inductees and and honored members and, and all those kinds of things too. But uh, I I really enjoyed that. Um, Probably the one of the most unique ones that surprised me was the uh, the Bud Selig experience. Oh yeah, at Miller good. Park or what was formerly Miller Park? I don't know. Yeah, um, it's Miller it, Park. I'm calling it, it Miller Park. <laughs> <laughs> it it really shows, uh, you know, outside of Milwaukee, you know, Bud Selig being the commissioner and he was kind of goofy and he was part of the whole contraction thing and a lot of labor unrest. But man, is he popular in Milwaukee hmm. and uh, 
and and the way they they treated him you know bringing bringing in the uh, brewers from from seattle after they had lost the braves um yeah a, a, a little bit different uh different scenario but interesting uh momo yeah, asked this in the chat so i don't know the answer so i'm going to throw it out there what about the cubs hall of fame is there one? Do they have one? I don't. Is that Wrigley Field? The, the Cubs have a museum now. Uh, oh. I don't. I I don't know if I would classify it as a Hall of Fame because I don't think it works that way. Um, like I don't think they have you know members and and, and this, you know inductees inductees and that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, it's relatively huh. new. It was part of their the, the big construction project where you know, they had the big, they have the big open space. It's in what was formerly a warehouse, like kind of across the road. Uh, the team, the big team stores in there too. Oh, okay. I think huh. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can piggyback on what Dave had said about uh, Bud Selig. Yeah, he is, he is uh, glorified out there. When Stephen Key went out to see a game there a few years ago, uh, someone was crying <laughs> after we watched a video presentation and there's actually a hologram of Bud Selig, and he ends it with a thumbs up. So Steve, being the wise guy, is has a tissue, and he goes, "Here, do you need this?" <laughs> She's like, "Oh, stop!" <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've never seen anybody get teary-eyed over Bud Selig. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I was like, okay, I saw a different picture. Of this I mean, he's certainly about three hundred steps ahead of Manfred. Oh yeah, no, I. Well, yeah, in the city of Milwaukee, you know why he would be a legend. Yeah, and it makes He did bring baseball back to the city. He brought, yeah, yeah. A a couple of team Hall of Fames I I was thinking about. Um, I don't know if this is actually a Hall of Fame, but uh, Yankee Stadium, if you get a chance to take a tour, they have an exhibit with a bunch of different things in it, uh, including a baseball from every player, autographed baseball from every player who's played for the Yankees. Well, the stadium feels like a a certain day to stay on. And then you also get to go out and to a monument park, which is by itself a really awesome place to check out. Um, the Hall of team, baseball team Hall of Fame I really enjoyed, in addition to the Reds, were the Braves. Now, I don't think they have the same setup at Truist Park. And Lloyd, if you're watching, you and I went to this together, so I should probably remember this a little better. Um, but at Send Turner your Field, hate letters to Paul, not me. At Turner Field, they had a really nice Hall of Fame. I, don't, I, don't I think at Turner it, it was it was separate though, huh. was it not? Yes, it was yeah. separate. Yes, it was. Yeah, I must and, not have... and the new and the newer one, which which does have kind of inductees and in, in that sort of deal. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's on the concourse. It's it's on the concourse. I mean, if if we're comparing ones like that, uh, the Steelers kinds of jump kind of jumps out. Yeah. Uh, the great, I think it's called the Great Hall. Yep. Yeah, um, the Steelers. It's right there on the concourse. Yeah, it, and it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive as well. Uh, but th- those are the ones that kind of jump out for me. Well, and I don't want to sound like a homer here, but uh, you've got to check out the Patriots Hall of Fame if you're in Foxborough. Mm-hmm. It's a separate building, two-story, uh, modern, um, interactive. They've got the snowplow there from the snowplow game. Uh, you can you can kick field goals in the snow like Adam Vinatieri did. Oh. Uh, you can make an interception like uh, like Butler did. And the can you fumble ball. the ball and, and not have it called against you too? You cannot do that because that was the rule at the time. There's uh <laughs> there's movies there. There's just it's really a, a well done museum. And I say this as I have been there. Still done, but no, it is still very well done. 
Yeah, and and then uh, like St. Louis Cardinals, who I don't like, they have a great museum as well. That's in the ballpark village. That mm-hmm. is separate. Uh, unlike yeah. Kansas City, that has it in on the outfield concourse, which yeah, is very nice. Don't nice. get me wrong, yeah. very nice. Uh, but I don't know. It's, that's the thing. Like you know, like even the Mets, when you walk into their gift shop, there's their Hall of Fame. <laughs> that's like, not you know, a very well done one in my book. Yeah, it, it, if you're a Mets fan, it's awesome to see the stuff. But you're right; it, it, it could be better. Sometimes, it be better. I, I I would say that most times, um, taking the stadium tour and then getting the 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 Hall of Fame as part of that tour is really the way to go. I mean, it, we yeah. did that with the Reds, uh, we did it with the Cardinals, we did it with the Royals. Yeah, we did it with the Dodgers this past winter. Yeah, did it. I did it with the Dodgers. Um, that's something that, that we sort of just picked up along the way. It wasn't something that we ever did a lot, uh, but, but started picking up um, doing ballpark tours. And, and yeah. All right, they, quick question are, then. Best quick. ballpark tour you've been on? Best one? Wow. Mm. Yeah. All right, while you guys are thinking, I will say. San, San Diego was really good. San Francisco was a really good one. Really? I, see that. I, I was, was going to say that was the worst one. Boston was the worst one I've been on. Oakland. Oakland Boston was, really was yeah. Well, Boston the worst one I've been in with Toronto. The, the Rogers Center tour was, was pretty awful. Uh, when, we were, when we went to San Francisco, that, that tour take a was lot of bad because anymore. of our tour guide. Tour guide and, makes and a break always you get great tour guides, right? Like these old codgers who were ushers for 40 mm-hmm. years or whatever, and they've got – No, every secret ever of yeah. the ballpark, yeah. Yeah, uh, Rogers Center, we didn't have that. We just had some lady who did tours and really knew nothing. <laughs> um, but at well, San Francisco, hmm. uh, and my kids will, will take will totally sale. howl at this, um, everything our, our guy said ended with pretty cool, pretty cool. So, of what's now Oracle Park, they have 24 palm trees. So he, the, so this is a, how he goes out. 24 palm trees. Willie Mays, number 24. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, I've only think I've taken one ballpark tour. That that's a Safeco Field, whatever. What's it called? Team. What, what's what's it called? It has a different name. Is it uh, T-Mobile now? Yeah. Is it T-Mobile? I I thought it was. Yeah, I've taken a lot of football stadium tours, like Sky Dome and uh, Superdome and the Georgia Dome. I think with the Georgia Dome, I was the only person on the tour. So this woman just took me to places <laughs> you're not supposed to go yeah, to. Wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, cool. cool. We did uh, Wrigley Field cool. on a Sunday. And it was the first tour of the day. And there were people who were um, having mass. They were doing a mass. In, in Wrigley Field? In Wrigley oh, Field, nice. yep. Like uh, there was a priest down in kind of the inner concourse. And, and, and everybody was sitting up in the... Uh, in a section, and they were and they were having mass. What's what's that prayer that somebody does to the baseball? Our Father who art in the bleachers, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The only football one I can think of that I did was uh, was Dallas, and that was a really good one. You got to go in Jerry Jones' personal box, his luxury suite. Um, you got to go down in the field. It was pretty good. Pretty cool. We yeah. did. Yeah, we did Denver, which was which was pretty good. Uh, Minnesota was very good. Um, mainly because they were, oh, yeah. they were, there were just all of these different sort of things. And, uh, like the players actually walk through like the super bougie bougie club before they go on the field by design. Is that and the name of it? The bougie bougie club? Pardon? 
Is that the name of it? The Bougie Bougie Club? Yes. It has something, whatever Ziggy wants to call it, it's the Ziggy <laughs> Wolf's uh, homestead. Um, but one of the uh, one of the unique things that was happening when we were there, it was on a March break trip, and they were getting ready for uh, the Final Four. And the thing with U.S. Bank Stadium, which is neat, is it's designed to look like a Viking ship. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of glass. Yep. And the NCAA didn't like it. So when we were there, they were spending about $10 million to put opaque stickers or I don't know what it was on top of on this glass so that the light would not come in to the <laughs> basketball game. And, and they could uh, put a curtain. Guy, he was like, Were they afraid it was going to like throw off the uh, the shooting background or something? The the you NCAA know? with the Final Four is pretty ridiculous, um, almost as ridiculous as the Olympics. <laughs> so I was uh, there for the X Games. Something like that. They had the X Games inside the building uh, when I took uh, the tour. So always something going on there besides uh, football. So. Beautiful facility. Love it. All right, guys. I wanted to wrap our Hall of Fame discussion with one Hall of Fame that I bet I, – Dave, I bet you've been here. Um, but I bet it wouldn't be something that we think of, including a conversation like that. The Toy Hall of Fame in Rochester. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Macho Rochester, man. Ooh, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I love Bert, that place. <laughs> I was actually kind of disappointed in the Toy Hall of Fame. Because you can't play with it much stuff there. <laughs> That's true. Although, you know, you know, you, if if Dan was older, he would love the Toy Hall of Fame because he would just go and hang out in the arcade. And oh he, yeah, the arcade was the highlight. The, I, the arcade was amazing. Uh, my favorite part of the Toy Hall of Fame, definitely, uh, the display on the world's worst toys. Uh, the oh, highlight of which, I don't lawn that. darts. The world's most dangerous toy, <laughs> lawn we darts. We used to play those all the time. And, and there, the little inscription says that lawn darts are so dangerous that they will never be listed on eBay. If you try and list, like old school lawn darts. I know they have lawn darts now. Yeah. But, well, and those things were hefty. They had some weight to ones. them. Yeah, the old school ones with the point, right? Oh, yeah, you throw them and they stick in the ground. So many kids got hurt with those. <laughs> or your but foot. But if you try and if you try and list those on eBay, eBay will take them off. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend who still has his set from oh, the nineteen seventies, early eighties. Yeah, it's, it's funny when bandy. it's funny when you go to the uh, inductee room because it's yeah. got the toys. Like, and some of the some of the toys make sense. Like, all right, Monopoly is in the Toy Hall of Fame. Yeah. Or, okay, hula hoop stuff like that. Then you got like stick. <laughs> you know so, some really weird stuff to go along with with the Pong. classic classic toys yeah yeah the arcade was the highlight for me yes definitely the arcade was the highlight yeah all, and, and, all, any 80s era video game you ever want to see is there you gotta pay but and good don't. value though like it's you Mr. buy Do? tokens and the tokens are i think it's like uh six for a dollar Oh. And the game, so and then the games are less. Basically, to play a game is less than a quarter. Yeah. So yeah, so it's even cheaper than it was when you were a kid. Yeah. 
Yeah, they were a quarter. Then they yeah, went to 50 like cents. Then when they got to premium games, and it was like a dollar for a game. It's like, yeah. Well, yeah. Remember Space Ace when that came out? That was a little oh, bit yeah. higher. Dur- but, Dirk uh, the you, Daring. What was that? Yeah, that have was you Dragon's, ever gone Lair. To some, Dragon's Lair. Dragon's Lair was another one. Have you ever gone to some of these bars, like 16-bit, where you can play video games for free and drink? Like, like Those are a lot of fun. No. Yeah, we, we have we have some in Indianapolis. Uh, it's an arcade bar. You get a beer. All the games are free. As long as you're drinking. Yeah. yeah you're, you. If you ever you find yourself have... in Rochester, New York, the Toy Hall of Fame, man. Yeah. And oh. Dinosaur Barbecue. Right. You know what? The Hall of Fame I've also been to, I forgot, the Mascot Hall of Fame. Whoa, I've not been that? there yet. And that's, that that's is two hours. if our uh, correspondent, Eric Hasman, is listening. Yes, it's in this way out of the way drive through this industrial park the, and this steel mills. Big, big pollution plants and stuff and you feel like you're steel mills back of northern in Indiana, Indiana. <laughs> and it's a little suburb of Chicago somewhere and it, it was really disappointing it's really uh Eric is listening he's gonna kill me but it's it's geared to little kids it's a little kid museum oh. like a children's well, museum. and then some of their inductees like they have boomer from the pacers I they, mean, this, they, it's really paid to be there i think really i mean I it's, it's, he he does not compare to the philly fanatic or mr Matt or even felix the cat i guess felix the cat from logansport high school made the hall of fame which makes sense he's been around since the 20s but boomer i don't know yeah so i don't know. i mean if you if you're into mascots it's worth a check out but i wouldn't put it at the top <laughs> of my list I yeah, I haven't the, been there yet. I enjoyed the bobblehead. I guess yeah, it was more of a Milwaukee. museum. It wasn't really a Hall of yeah. Fame, but yeah, the bobblehead was, museum in in Milwaukee. That was uh, yeah, that was a good lark. Yeah, this place is like that all over. Like in Denver, they've got the ballpark museum. It's, Momo, Momo like Jones says they have a barcade in New York City. Yeah, yeah. barcades. They no, have barcades in different places. places. And and I think Cincinnati has a like an old fat old sign uh, museum, old neon signs. Oh, Las Vegas has old, that. I've been to that. Las Vegas, Las has, Vegas one. has one too. Yeah, but yeah. Cincinnati has something that Paul Lucas on UniWatch talks about. Uh, and like I said, that's very close to me. I don't know why I haven't. Well, I don't know. I'm going to be in Cincinnati in a couple of weeks for baseball, so through oh, there. So maybe there's one in Fishtown. Yeah, maybe, maybe. There's Fish a barcade Town. in Fishtown. Fish town. Fish town. Yeah, in Philly. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I know yeah. Fish town. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this would be the part of the show where we talk about any ballparks we've been to. Has anybody been to a real, actual ballpark? Mark has. Mark is ready, like jumping up and down, like me, me, me. Oh <laughs> yeah! Look at that. The pit spitters of Traverse City. Uh, well, it all started off with me driving to Lansing, which is about a little over three hours from where I live. And it was the first game of the Lemonade League, uh, which you can uh, look at the video review on on uh, Stadium Journey. You can also check out my review as well on Stadium Journey. It's all there. Check it out. Great. Uh, so, <laughs> so the Lemonade yeah. League was created because the minor league baseball season got canceled. So the Lansing Lugnuts said, hey, let's make Lemonade. We'll make the Lemonade League. Uh, so seven innings, a yellow baseball, which I find fascinating. I'm not the only one. They, they've sold about three dozen. Uh, yellow baseballs. So they make them yellow them or no, that Rawlings makes a yellow baseball. Okay. They already exist and they said they just happened to somebody saw that and said, Hey, this would be a cool idea. So they weren't specially made for the club. They were they always had existed. And actually Major League Baseball used them back in the thirties for a few games. 
but that's another story. Look that up. But um, easier to see in the twilight, maybe. Yeah. No. Well. Yeah. I, I can write an article on that. That was. It's, it's a good story. It's a good story. You should read it. Uh, you should read the actual story. Maybe I'll just post that up. I don't need to write it. But uh, so the Lemonade League is at Cooley Law School Stadium, home of the Lug Nuts. Uh, all the fans were sitting in the concourse area in in the outfield. Only a hundred people. I have to admit, it wasn't that exciting walking around an empty concourse. <laughs> but the outfield area was really, really nice, packed with people. Everybody was sitting on chairs and and benches. You really couldn't hear the loudspeaker out there. Some people complain about that. But plenty of food, plenty of drinks. And it was just nice to have baseball back again. Uh, so that was the only thing that I was going to do. I was going to drive there. I was going to come back. And I realized that I was three hours away from Traverse City, Michigan, which is this resort place on the lake uh, in northern Michigan. And I said, what the heck? I'm this close. I'm not going to drive all the way back and then drive back again. Uh, so I went to Turtle Creek Stadium to see the Pittsburghers, who in that part of Michigan, they could allow up to 500 people to the game. So 500 people were at this game. It was sold out. And I had a blast. It was as if coronavirus was not happening. You had people uh, in the seats cheering. You had promotions on the field. You had the mascot running around. Uh, they didn't have all their concession stands open, but it was more than enough uh, to satisfy the, the masses there. Uh, they, had the, they had like two bar areas uh, located uh, at the stadium full of craft beer and spirits. And uh, they have some kind of pit spitter punch that they're known for you know, kind of the stuff you drink at college frat parties back in the day. God knows what's in there. One heck of Great a good time. <laughs> yeah. And, and the stadium looks like the these cottages that you can find all over town. Uh, it doesn't look like any ballpark you've ever been to. It really stands out. They did a great job out there. And I love the name. I love the logo. And I'm glad I went uh, to check out the Pittsburghers. I had a heck of a good time. And Traverse City, wow. Beautiful little town right along the lake. Uh, there's a pedestrian sidewalk there that you can walk and shop and eat and drink. People are on the boats. People are playing volleyball along the beach. One heck of a resort place. That whole northern Michigan is just such a very un, unchartered gem to a lot of us. And it's pricey, though. That's the only problem. Hotels up there are about uh, a, you know, a squalid-looking hotel. A shabby hotel is going to cost you about 150 bucks during the prime season. A nice hotel will cost you about 350 bucks. So it's going to cost money to go up there. Just uh, that's the only bad part about it. It's not like you can just get a cheap hotel like I did in Lansing. I had to drive about an hour outside of town uh, to stay uh, at uh, Big Falls, Michigan, which is home to Ferris State. So. You know, there's a will, there's a way, but beautiful scenery up there. It's just, it doesn't even feel like you're in the Midwest. It feels like you're on the coast somewhere and big, love Big it. Rapids, Michigan. Big I'm Rapids, thank you. Yeah, Ferris State, which, you know, not a bad looking college uh, campus as well. I took, a, I took a drive around there. That's not too far to go to if we need any updates in the future when things get back to normal. Go Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs. So uh, I took a trip this past weekend too. Mine was not as enjoyable as yours, Mark. I went to, I went to a great place. I went to Glens Falls, New York. Now, Glens Falls is a great little city. Um, it's actually, it is a little city. It's got a population of about 14,000. 
not very big, but it's got a great downtown, great little downtown. It's yeah, got some brew pubs, a lot of, lot of great ice cream places. It's a summer kind of resort town. Lake George is about 20 minutes to the north of it. Uh, Sarasota Springs is nearby, uh, all, that, all that good stuff. The Adirondack Mountains, it's right at the beginning of Adirondack State Park. So a lot to do in, in, the Glen, in Glens Falls. But I went there to go to East Field, home, which is, uh, was built in 1980. Yes. For the Glens Falls White Sox. At the time, this was a double A team in the Eastern mm-hmm. League. Now, I don't know how many 80s era ballparks our listeners have been to, but in the 80s, they didn't really invest <laughs> a lot in, no. into ballpark design. Like the old parks, like that were built in the 30s and 40s, are beautiful mm-hmm. and they're brick and they're sturdy. And then in the 90s, we got the stadium building boom with all the amenities and all the creature comforts. In the 80s, what they basically did, slapped a big bunch of bleachers around a baseball diamond and called it a day. And that's all that Eastfield is. It's seven sets of bleachers that circle a ball field. So it's ugly as sin. Um, And these these, uh, bleachers look like they haven't been replaced or maintained since the 80s. So you walk on it, and, you know, I'm kind of a big guy. So I'm walking on some of these bleachers and the, the wood is going. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I was at the top taking some pictures for a stadium journey review. So I'm about 40 feet up in the air and I'm like, this thing's going to collapse and I'm going to die <laughs> in uh, East Field of all places. Uh, New York State is only allowing outdoor gatherings of 50 people right now. So we had about 50 people at the ballpark. Normally, this is now the home of the Glens Falls Dragons of the Perfect Game Collegiate League. Perfect Game League decided to call their seasons because of the coronavirus. So uh, a new league of local players called the Inter- Independent Collegiate Baseball League set up shop in Glens Falls and in Amsterdam in two small ballparks. And uh, they're playing three times a week there. So we went and saw the Glens Falls Independence and the Albany Athletics play. Uh, this was one of the worst ballparks I've ever been to. I mean, we found a nice seat. We found a picnic table right down by the fence. So we were right at field level. But it may be different for a regular Dragons game with, uh, with a bigger crowd. They average about 1,000 fans a game. So it might be better. But as far as a ballpark, aesthetics-wise, seven sets of wooden bleachers circling a baseball diamond. And it's used for baseball and football. Oh, the scoreboard out in the field, gone. They took it down last year. Haven't replaced it yet. Wow. So, and they, and they have bleachers behind right field, correct? And center field and right field, those are basically yeah. used for football. But if you wanted to, okay. you, can, okay. you can tootle out there and check them out. And uh, they actually have plans to put in some real seats. They nice. took 1,500 seats from Riverfront Stadium in Newark, New Jersey, which was oh, just wow. down. Oh, yeah. And so they're going to set up a little bit of a concourse and stuff. And so hopefully it'll, it'll oh, look a little cool. nicer in a couple of years. There's no timetable right now. They don't have the funds to do this renovation, but it's in the works. So hopefully Eastfield will look, um, will look better. Um, not one of my favorite places, but you know what? Right now, yeah. I'll go watch a wiffle ball game in somebody's backyard and I'll be happy. That's exactly how I felt. I, I didn't mind driving three hours to go watch a, base, a baseball game in an 8,000-seat stadium with 100 people. <laughs> You're desperate for yeah. baseball. Yep, there were about 50 people. This, this was a 6,000-seat stadium with 50 people in it, so – it, 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 to use Belichick's favorite phrase, it is what it is. I was, I was just glad to be at a ball game. So uh, that's all the trips we took. So this is where we'll wrap it all up. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. 
Dan, where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, you follow me online at DanLight83. And real quick, I want to thank Purple Flavored Trash, which... <laughs> great nickname. Great nickname, and it tastes heavenly. I can tell you. Uh, not Corporal. Need him. Momo Chan Jones. Uh, Aviator Girl. And Moderator Danny. And several others who were in the room that were not signed in, but were listening. Thank you. Please come back next time. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, everybody. Especially purple flavored trash. Purple flavored trash. I've had purple punch. I I imagine <laughs> that uh, it's probably better. Yeah, yeah. The trash, uh, did, not the punch. Did you let our listeners know where you can be followed? Yeah, Dan Low ninety three. Sorry. Awesome. Mark, how about you? Any uh, any trips planned for the upcoming couple of weeks? And I like that he doesn't ask you? that he. Uh, Dan, you go anywhere? No. Uh, <laughs> Dan, yes, we've been doing uh, the show for three years. I know the answer. <laughs> I, I am pl- yes well no I, I am planning to go to Florence to see the Yalls. Uh, they are in conjunction with the Lexington Legends on playing the Bourbon Barrel Series so they have two teams in each ballpark and they sort of intermingle uh, hopefully I can get to see two of them I do have a good buddy from college uh, that lives in Lexington so uh, I've been meaning to make a trip there so I probably will check that out. Maybe not, not this weekend. I'll be in Chicago with the family, and my wife said no baseball, which is <laughs> uh, a little bit irritating because there's baseball going on in some of those minor league parks. So probably uh, two weeks from now, a little less than two weeks, I'll be in Kentucky, and you can check that out on uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and on my uh, YouTube page, Ballpark Hunter. You can find me on all those social platforms. Dave, I know you don't have any stadium journeys planned because you're up in Canada. They don't let you. There's nowhere there, to there go. No sports. Yeah. <laughs> if so I drive to Toronto, I could I could just listen outside the bubble and, and listen to hockey players come in and out. Or something. Oh, I was going to say, you can. The Blue Jays are not even in Toronto. They're in Buffalo. No. No, I, and who knows? I, I don't even know if the Jays will, if the baseball will make it long enough for the Jays to actually get to Buffalo. <laughs> What's the start date for them in Buffalo? Who, kn- who knows? Who knows? Pardon? In August, right? Uh, the 11th, I think, is their scheduled first game. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if baseball's, baseball's going to make it another week. There's, There's no dropping like, way. Dropping like flies. There's no yeah. way baseball makes So, yeah, not going anywhere. Um, the literary journey continues. I just finished The Battle of Alberta uh, by Mark Spector. That was, that was pretty interesting. And uh, Buck Martinez, Change Up. Uh, where he acts like an old man and just complains about what sucks about baseball now. So that was fun. Uh, Paul, you might you might be able to um, relate to this one. So right now I'm into Bouncing Back, which is the story of the Toronto Argonauts from 1983 and how they broke their 30-plus uh, year Grey Cup drought. So being a Red Sox fan, you know, I know it was a lot more than 30 years, but well, I wasn't around for a lot of it, so. Actually, I think all your teams had, had significant droughts, did they not? No. No? No, no. Bruins yes. had a few. Yes. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Who gives a damn? Move hey, on. It's, it's been a whole week since we Shut won the title up. now. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. It's so been seven, can, seven can, long days, Dan, since we won a cup there and a, a trophy in Got Boston. Buck Faustin. You can follow all of that. No championships here at the moment, although the Raptors look darn good. Uh, you can follow that at Bofan9 on Twitter. 
And you can follow my stadium journeys on Twitter or Instagram at PuckmanRI. And I do have a trip planned. Uh, we like the independent collegiate baseball league so much that we're going back next week. But we're not going to Glens Falls. We're going to Amsterdam. We're going to check out oh, Shuttle, nice. Shuttleworth Field in Amsterdam, New York, which is normally the home of the Amsterdam Mohawks, the premier yeah. team. In He's going to have an Amsterdam good time. Wham Bam Amsterdam, yeah. as uh, Van Halen sang one time. And, and we don't have that ballpark on our no, we do not site. Um, That'd be the way exciting. The way they're doing it pretty is pretty cool. They're not letting fans into the park per se, but they're renting out pick. They place picnic tables all around the field, and you can buy a picnic table. So it, we uh, got a picnic table of four. Costs us forty dollars, but they give you forty dollars worth of food. So if anybody's in the Amsterdam area, I do have one spot left at my picnic table. If anyone's interested. You, you could get a press pass and just walk inside and take some pictures oh, and come no, back out. I'm not doing it that way. You could. <laughs> if you want the real pictures. That's it. I want to I, I experience like a fan would. But uh, again, follow me at Puckman RI. Take a break. Until next time, check out our website, stadiumjourney.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Stadium Journey. we got a Facebook page, too. Uh, you can find the Stadium Journey podcast at vocnation.com or search VOC Nation on iTunes or Android, like I say, or any podcast aggregator. They all work. Check out our video simulcast of all of our podcasts on our YouTube page. And remember, well, some of you are already there. We simulcast all our episodes live at twitch.tv slash danlaw83. We will return in two weeks, and we'll be joined by Dustin Reese to talk about venues in the great big city of Chicago. And we'll talk some Italian news, too. For Dan Calachico, Mark Viquez, and Dave Cotney, I'm Paul Baker. Until next time, everyone, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Cross the desert, bear man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Works, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show. And recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOC Nation. 
Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.